We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other thing. Not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept. One we are willing to postpone. And one we Here's a ground ball right side. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. I am one of your co-hosts, Brian Lalima, joined with the one, the only Apollo Dez. And we are sitting here after a sweep. Break out the brooms, baby. The Astros took care of business. Apollo Dez, what's up, man? Does it not feel good to win? It doesn't feel bad at all the boys are vibing they're putting up a billion runs and i'm just so happy to be here tonight to talk it all out you know so on the first episode we talked about how happy we were that baseball was back we had just gotten back from west palm beach we finally got to sit in a uh stadium and watch a live game firsthand with a couple of brews in our hands uh here we are four days later and the Astros have swept the Oakland Athletics to open the season at 4 and 0. And they didn't just sweep them. They beat the hell out of them. Hell out. They of literally them. picked up they literally picked up right where they left off in the ALDS of last year. They clobbered the Oakland Athletics. Look, I mean, it's it's as simple as this, right? When that Oakland West Coast NBC Bay, whatever they post that that photo before the LDS of you know the little comic book strip. We all know what it is. The A's are one and seven since that tweet against the Houston Astros, and not not a one and seven where it was close. The seven losses are shellackings. Where this Houston Astros offense has just said, "Hey, enjoy your Mickey Mouse little." AL West little banner in the 60 game sprint. Enjoy it because in October we're still Kings. Hey, and by the way, when the season rolls around next year, when we play, have to play 162, like grown adults. Oh, uh, Hey, here's a sweep for you. Here's a broom and here's a shellacking 35 to nine were the runs in this four game series. 35 to nine. Brian. 35 runs in four games. Bananas. They, to continue to talk about some of the offensive numbers here, as a team, the Astros pounded out 47 hits. That's over 10 a game. In Oakland. They had, in, a, in, in Oakland. In a pitcher's stadium. In a, yeah, exactly. With, the Coliseum is a large field. With a dead ball, supposedly, with the marine layer. Uh, yeah, and all the booze in the world just fueled the guys. Absolutely fueled them. The Astros had 12 doubles, 8 bombs, 32 RBIs, 83 total bases. Not to mention they had 17 walks, and they hit as a team a whopping 320. They hit as a team 320 in four games with an OPS of 962 a team OPS of almost a thousand that's insane look we 
That is absolutely insane to start the season off. We called it the death lineup, and it literally killed the Oakland A's, their fans, and really, frankly, all of Major League Baseball that wanted to see the Astros fail. Uh, there was a lot of oh shit moments, you have to think, by the entire league that, hey, these these guys aren't going away. And it's silly to even think that, you know? And we're going to see the shift in the media's tone about the Astros. I guarantee if if they spend oh, the next will. two weeks, if they stay hot like this, they'll be the lovable guys because you know why? It's clicks for them. They have to respect what they're doing and they're going to start putting them up in the power rankings or whatever bullshit they're going to do. And it makes me laugh out loud because if it was the other way, if the Astros had uh, got swept to start the season and, and got shellacked 35 to nine, it would be, it would probably be what I would assume um, the end days of Rome were with everything burning to the ground, everything just burning, people dying. That's what it, it would yeah, have been if, if it was flip the if the roles were reversed, the narrative across the national media would continue on from what we've already heard time after time after time. The Astros are getting their karma from the science stealing. Where's the trash can? Are they not cheating anymore? Blah, 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 blah. But instead, the Astros take the booze. They take, you know, a couple of the guys got hit by pitches. I wouldn't, ha- I wouldn't say that anything, any of them were on purpose, but people on Twitter like to make it seem like they get hit on purpose. They take joy in seeing the Astros get hurt. They take joy in seeing the Astros get knocked down. So what do they do? They take that, they fuel it, and they go. And they sure as hell went. 35, I'm sorry, 40, 35 runs, 47 hits. Coming out of the gate. And what did we talk about uh, while we were in spring training? We talked about usually it takes the hitters a little bit. It, it takes the hitters a little bit to to get back into rhythm. Coming off of out of the offseason, right into spring training. It's a long spring training. Three, four weeks of boring type activities. Um, and it just usually takes the hitter to come around a little bit longer. Well, uh Jose Altuve led the team in hitting. Actually, Yuli Gurriel led the team in hitting with seven hits. Jose Altuve had six. Yeah. Six for 16 was Jose Altuve. Yuli Gurriel, seven for 15. Look. Both of those guys needed that start. 100%. Absolutely needed it, especially Yuli and especially Jose Altuve. If there were two guys out of that death lineup that you wanted to see get going early, it was Jose Altuve and it was Yuli Gurriel, and they both did it with flying colors. Oh, 100%. And look, the Astros didn't have a great spring training uh, record-wise. You, could, you, you can look at records all you want. It, it's not like this is, um, one, surprising for the fan base because we've seen these guys do this for the last half decade, right? We've seen them have a, uh, a stretch where they're, they're just possessed like this. Um, the surprising thing, and it would have been more surprising to me if we weren't there at West Palm, because like I said in that first episode, we saw the guys have a really, really good at bats. We saw them working counts. We saw them barreling balls up. It was finding gloves. That's just baseball. But the approach they were taking, the barrels they were finding, uh, weren't translating into wins uh, in spring training due to sample size, I bet, just because they weren't logging four or five at bats, right? When you give these all-star players four or five at-bats, good things are going to happen. And that's what we saw this weekend. And it started with the first night. 
um, the home opener where we won eight to one. We were at your house for the Lalima Lounge and then the watch party, which was freaking phenomenal. Uh, it was amazing. And just the constant interaction. I think we had upwards of 85 people, 90 people in, in Twitch and had consistent 60 throughout the night. Um, but to see Grinky do Grinky things and you nailed it with your um, guess of how many innings he was going to go. He went a solid six. And solid six, yep. To see, I had left, but the Brantley Breggs back-to-back was the the dagger. They were five for nine with two bombs in, in game one. Um, when, when you're two and three are doing that, it's... It's expected when you pencil those guys in, but when they execute, it's uh, pretty amazing to see. Yeah, and, and to talk about Michael Brantley, obviously he got hit uh, on the hand yesterday, so he did not play today. X-rays were negative, uh, so that's a good sign. He's listed as day-to-day. Dusty Baker said that he hopes to have him back in Game 2. Uh, or, or let's see, the Astros play the Angels starting, what, Tuesday uh, or tomorrow? tomorrow night, and then they have a day game okay, Tuesday, night. Wednesday off, and then right. Thursday and, uh, back in Houston. So there, there's, Dusty Baker is slated uh, Michael Brantley's return, hopefully by Tuesday. Uh, that was uh, said during the media availability. Michael Brantley came hot out of the gate as hot. well. Uh, he's 6-9 he's for nine in the series, and I think at one point he had five... Five balls come off of his bat at over 100 miles an hour. Correct. I mean, that goes back to what you just said, where when we were at West Palm, there were so many balls that were being barreled up by the Astros, and Michael Brantley was one of them. And for him to come out, hit... uh, Look, we've said it. You and I specifically have said this. Michael Brantley is one of the most professional hitters you will ever see. And for him to put together at-bats like we saw in Game 1, in Game 2, and to come out and pick up right where he left off, it's like they never had off time. Michael Brantley swung it with as well as anybody across the MLB on opening night, opening day. It's five five balls off his bat at over 100 miles an hour. Talk talk about squaring some balls up. It's it's a crazy stat, right? So... Um, the first two games, Altuve, Brantley, and Briggs, they scored. They scored fourteen of the seventeen runs. They've added five eighty three and had three tanks and seven RBIs between them. Um, that's that's a thing where the guy behind you is picking you up, and it's really rare to see that in Major League Baseball. We and we haven't really seen it with the Astros. We've kind of when when we first started off in, in our runs, it was you know bomber bust, and then we started getting those guys out of the lineup, and then we've had a more complete lineup through the last you know the last few ALCSs and the World Series runs. But when you could see the production from your top three like this, and obviously it was only the first two games due to Brantley getting hit in the wrist, uh, that's special. And we're spoiled as a fan base for sure, but as non-biased Big J journals like we are, um, we could set the fandom to the side and just say, hey, this is some of the best baseball we've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's a very good point. This is some of the most um, uh, highly oiled hitting that I've seen in a long, long time. They put on a clinic. Yeah. They absolutely put on a clinic and against Oakland. And Oakland, they, who they trotted out, Lazardo, I think he had nine strikeouts at one point. And he was down five nothing. 
Um, Bassett looked good until the Astros finally got to him. Um, It's just a constant, and I tweeted it, it, this lineup is relentless. It doesn't stop. And that's without George Springer. This lineup, it just does not stop. The additions of a a full-time Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez to this lineup, it's the best lineup in baseball. It's the best lineup in baseball. And then, I mean, as you look down this lineup, you even had production from Jason Castro today who hit an opposite field bomb, uh, an oppo taco, if you will. Uh, That was a big addition. I was listening to some of the game on the radio when I was out traveling around on Easter Sunday, and, you know, Sparky and Robert Ford mentioned it multiple times that picking up Jason Castro isn't being talked about enough because that veteran presence... And putting a left-handed bat in the lineup. I don't care if Jason Castro hits 240 this year, 230. Having the veteran presence to go along with Maldonado for the pitching staff is one thing. But to just add another left-handed bat into the lineup is huge. Because going down the stretch, if you have Jason Castro in your lineup and you want to use a lefty pitcher out of the bullpen, that's going to take care of that. And what if, you know... Whatever team it is, if your best lefty specialist guy has to come in to get him out, then you use him, and he's done. That's going to pay dividends down the stretch. For sure. So picking him up and seeing him swing the bat pretty well today was was a good sign to see. Um, Jordan Alvarez, another left-handed bat. Jordan doing Jordan things. He also hit an opposite field home run. Another oppo taco, if you will. He had five hits, three runs, two doubles. Six RBIs and a bomb. Ten total bases. Not a bad start for Jordan Alvarez. I mean, my son, Jordan, is... uh, The question is, can he just stay on the field? When he stays on the field, we know the production. We've seen the production. And the stat that just was... Just got me so confused and mind-bottling. And I was just like, there's no way. But he is tied for fourth most all-time for RBIs in the history of baseball in the first 92 games played. With the names of DiMaggio and Ted Williams, he's it's Joran Alvarez up there with those type of names. And it's it just has me, as a fan and as a non-biased Big J journalist, in a lineup full of all-stars, he may be the best bat. I think he is the best bat. Because the, the, the raw power... And the way it's so effortless from Jordan, like his home run that he turned he turned around to the left center off of Taco, that it looked like he just he just threw his hands at the ball. It, it just it was just so smooth. He 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 saw the pitch, he let it go and, and let the hands do the work in the power alley, and he's trotting around the bases. And more than just that, just his 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 legs look healthy. He he hustled out a, a double down the line that I thought he was going to just take a hard 90 and uh, get back to first, but nah, he, he went all the way to second base and st- stood up for a double. Um, and then today, he almost beat out a, in a ground ball into the shift. And I'm just like, if Jordan is, his knees are like this, and I obviously it's a long season, there's going to be bumps and bruises with the guys. Um, but if he stays on the field, I mean, we could look at something very, very special happening this year with Jordan Alvarez. If Jordan Alvarez stays healthy for the entirety of this year, I will say that he's going to get MVP votes. Oh, easily. With the way that he swings the bat. Easily. As a DH, if he stays on the field, he stays healthy, 
the way that he swings, the approach that he has at the plate, you could very well see Jordan Alvarez getting talked about for MVP. Mark it. That's my take for the season for Jordan Alvarez. I, I do, take it I or leave it. it. I, I I love it. I think um, I I don't see any reason why he's not in any of those votes if he plays a full season. This, if he plays a full season and stays healthy, how could you not? I mean, uh, the, the kid, he just has it. You, you always say you either have it or you don't. Well, you were on Alvarez has it. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's the, the 92, what did you say, the first 92 games? Yes, first 92. That's, that's insane in its own right. Like, that's just crazy to me to talk about. A guy that's played what one and a half seasons, not he even? even has he played? I mean, I, it feels like he we haven't seen and we haven't seen a full season for Yardon, but it just it's just not out of the room of possibilities with this guy that we could talk about beating franchise home run single season records. Like I I think he can do it. Um, yeah. The, that stat, sorry to cut you off real quick, that stat that you talked about, he's only played in 92 games in his MLB career. He played 87 in 2019, he played 2 in 2020, and obviously he's played in 4 this year. Okay. So that's where that, st- that's where that stat comes Overreaction, from. Overreaction, first week of baseball, Jeff Bagwell's franchise record is 47 bombs in the year 2000. Does Jordan Alvarez this year beat Jeff Bagwell's franchise single season home run record? Man, I said on episode one that we, or, or did we talk about it? No, we talked about this on opening night for the Lalima Lounge into our Astros watch party. Uh, could Jordan be a 40-40 guy? Or no, I'm sorry. That was, uh, we Kyle talked about Tucker, Kyle, Tucker, yeah. Tucker, Kyle Tucker being a 30-30 guy. And then we asked, do we see Jordan hit over 40 bombs? I said, yes. I said, you could see him hit 50 bombs. So do I? Can I see him, or do I see Jordan Alvarez breaking Jeff Bagwell's forty-seven home runs in one season for the Astros? Yes, I, I could see that if he stays healthy. I could. We could see that because yeah. look where he plays. Well, look where the games are at home for him. It's a short porch to right, and it's an even shorter porch to left. And he's got the oppo power. He flicks his wrist, and the ball goes three hundred fifty feet. It's an easy. It, it could be. He could he could uh, he could hit fifty two home runs. Listen to this. For all we know, he's only he's only logged three hundred thirty four at bats in his career. One hundred five hits, twenty nine home runs. He's batting three fourteen, sixty two runs, eighty eight RBIs. Um, OPS of one point oh six eight. OPS plus at one seventy five his career. Right, um, a little under than two thirds of a season. I'm not good with math, but I think that's what it is. Um, when it's, the question is if he can just stay on the field or not, and and I think, I think the answer is yes because the new knees look great, and he's only going to be DHing. I don't think I think Dusty has you know the mental clarity to, to say he's not good touching the field because you don't want to assume any of that risk. But Jordan Alvarez, I think, is going to smash Jeff Bagwell's record. And you want an even crazier take? You- he may do it before the All Star break. That's that's the fire take. I'm with it. I'm with it. I think it. he may do it before the All-Star. He'll, he'll you, be flirting with it by the All-Star break. 
you talk about him being the DH. Obviously, that will help the knees. You'll have some scheduled days off for rest to help the knees even more. It's all about health with Jordan Alvarez because the talent's there. The approach is there. The pop is there. All you have to do is stay on the field if you were on you if you are Jordan Alvarez, yeah. and the numbers are going to come. Yeah, that's 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 crazy. Just the ninety two games, the RBIs in ninety two games is just an insane stat. I think me. I think the the cool thing this week that we saw was just um, the talking heads and Major League Baseball, all the all the journalists and all the people on Twitter just question the Astros' depth, right? And like, who's going to replace George Springer? Who's going to uh spell Bregman who's gonna do who's all gonna help out and we saw Castro step up obviously uh Diaz playing for Bregman the third game of the season on Bregman's scheduled day off went three for five um that's found money uh Chaz McCormick today uh starting in Brantley's place first career start and hits a home run uh his first major league home run really cool to see but like these guys are just dudes and and I think people don't realize that the culture in Houston, this winning culture of this the last half decade, the golden standard of the Astros and the AL, has breed success in the clubhouse. Like there's not a moment too big. And we see it every October, but throughout the year when these guys gotta step up, it's just I think part of the winning culture that's been established over the last half decade because these expectations that are thrust upon these young guys are one, um, accepted by them and two they step up and rise to the occasion and i think that's really rare uh to see and we're seeing it time and time again whether last year it was with all the young arms um coming in and now this year we're seeing you know diaz finally getting some playing time casho back mccormick obviously a small sample size with the first weekend of baseball but uh, i just think that speaks speaks dividends to the astros winning culture yeah and and you talk about the winning culture that's been established uh, for what four years, four or five years I would now say since fifteen, so six years, I would say. So yeah, because you had uh, a good playoff run in fifteen. Sixteen you, was well, underwhelming. I say a good yeah, sixteen was very underwhelming. Obviously, seventeen they won the World Series. Eighteen back to the ALCS. Nineteen to the World they lose series. to the Red Sox. Nineteen to the World Series. Twenty twenty back to the ALCS, and here we are starting off four and zero. So we've talked about the offensive side of things. Let's talk about the pitching staff and what we saw in the first four games. This is the Beyond the Diamond podcast on the Apollo Podcast Network. Brian Lalima here co-hosting with Apollo Des. Follow us on Twitter at Apollo H-O-U. Follow us on our YouTube page at Apollo H-O-U. Also on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Apollo H-O-U. Like, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe. Share, do whatever you can. Check out uh, the Apollo Podcast Network on all your major listening uh, apps and services. And check us out. Support. Uh, So, Dez, we saw Zach Grinke come out and he pitched a solid six innings. Six innings, no earned runs, four Ks. Biggest stat for me, he didn't walk anybody. He didn't walk one person. And that's, that's a key for me. You can't walk people. And Zach Greinke did pretty much what I said he was going to do. My prediction on the first episode of Beyond the Diamond is, or was, Zach Greinke will come out, he'll throw a professional six innings, and that's exactly what he did. And the Astros needed it. Yeah, I think, 
lost in the translation of these ass whoopings of eight to one, nine to five, nine to one, nine to two, is that some of these games were relatively close throughout the game, um, including game one. Uh, it looked like it was going to be a pitcher's duel for five innings. Uh, Grinky had his pitch count up um, almost close to 40 through three. And we were like, oh, my God, like, yeah. what are we going to do here? Like, we're going to see the pin early and often. And then he just did Zach Grinky things. And I think he could have gone seven. But obviously, this early in the season, uh, Dusty said, hey, Ace, thanks for the six innings. Thanks for keeping us in this ball game, And uh, go enjoy the shower. Um it was three to one going into the top of the eighth. And Paredes had just had a very, yeah. very tough inning where he got out he of the He had a sketchy yeah. inning. Yeah. So uh, the scores don't tell the whole story because it, it, if you just look at it, it looks like an ass whooping. Uh, but there were moments throughout the games where um, even, even game two we were close. We were close to the end. At one point when Jose Altuve, and we'll get back to the pitchers, he scored. We have to touch on this. He scored. On essentially oh. an infield pop up. I mean, literally an infield Elvis pop up. Elvis was about seven to eight feet behind sec behind the dirt at second, um, on a Tucker infield pop up, and Jose went third to home at thirty point four feet per second. Um, that's elite speed. That shows that he's healthy. One, two is the same old Jose Altuve that we've seen for the last decade of just I'm playing like my pants are on fire, and I'm playing like this is the last game I'll ever play in my entire life. And so to see that, uh, one, got the guys fired up. Two, at one point was a, the one-run differential that had the Astros the lead. Um, that's how some of the games were that close. But to go back to the pitching, uh, the guys just did what they had to do. They, they knew the offense was cooking. They didn't try anything. Lance kind of, he settled down. He, he somehow got through five. It looked like he wasn't even get through five. And uh, he worked through what he was going through. It looked like he was just kind of nibbling a bit early. Uh, that slider and then got rocking, and he got some some big time strikeouts. But uh, at this point, when your team's putting up thirty five runs, uh, all you got to do is get back in the dugout and let them keep doing what they're doing. Yeah, and, and if there is something to point out, I guess on the so called negative side is uh, Urquidy didn't pitch. You know, a long yeah. five. I think what did he? I was gonna say I think it's four and a third. Obviously, Lance struggled a bit, um, but he did what he had to do. He got out of jams. He pitched well down uh, towards the end of his outing. Uh, Brandon Belak looked phenomenal. phenomenal. We saw him pitch in West Palm, and we were both like, "Holy shit, Belak's got some stuff." Yeah. And we also saw Stanick. Stanick's got some elite stuff. He's fucking filthy. The control. The control isn't all the way there yet. Who cares? It's early on. But his stuff is disgusting. That's a guy, Ryan Stanek, I could see him being the Astros' closer by the end of the year. If Ryan Presley struggles at any point in time, I, would, I could see Dusty Baker saying, Stanek, you can take the closer role and see how you do. Let's see how you do for a little bit. Yes. But having... If, if you can have... If you can have Ryan Stanek as your eight and Ryan Presley as your nine or flip-flopped, it's not bad. Not bad at all. It's not bad with what we've seen so far. It, it, Stanek is disgusting. It's almost like controlled chaos with Stanek, right? He's up there. He's wearing Cole's number. He's got the Thor hair, and he's throwing the pill 100 miles an hour, and then he's throwing that wipeout slider just as hard the other way. Um, <laughs> the dude's got it. 
I, we say it all yeah. the time. You have it or yeah. you're not. And this guy's got it. And it's a great signing by James Click. Um, I've been on top of the bandwagon saying, buy the Ryan Stanek stock. Buy it, buy it, buy it, buy it. This is a must buy. And we just got a small glimpse of it this weekend. Um, he's, a, he's a total asset and a weapon for Dusty to use this year. Yeah, and, and we talk about some of the relief guys. So Brandon Belak today, four and two-thirds innings, no hits, no runs, no walks, four Ks. I don't think you can have a better uh, first outing of this season than what we saw from Brandon Belak. No walks, no hits, no runs. And he struck out four. Jose Arquiti, four and a third, four hits, two earned runs, two walks, and five Ks. Obviously not the best, but again, when your lineup is producing the amount of hits and runs that we've seen the Astros do in the last four games, then you'll say, yeah, it's, it makes that outing a little bit, not, not as bad, but obviously you're going to want to see some improvement from Rikidi down the road. At least you need six out of every starter, right? That's ideally. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the, end of the day, you want a quality start. Um, I only right. think we, got, we only got one of those. I don't, yeah, know, if Lance, Grinke, I don't know if Lance qualified no, for Grinke, a quality start or not. No, Gr- Grinky is the only one that was uh, deemed a, a quality okay, start. Okay, so one of, one of four is not great. Um, but when your offense is cooking like that, Javier had the same kind of issues as your Creedy kind of ran his pitch count up early. I get it. If you can get five with the first two months, like I'll be happy with that. They're still, if we're going to the dog days of, of, uh, the summer and these guys are not getting five innings pitched at least then I think there's gotta be a, uh, some hard questions to ask there, but right now it's early. Um, as long as they're getting their work, they, they pitched out of some jams. That's what I, I love to see. They didn't let the game get away from them. They they stopped the bleeding where it was when when there was an opportunity for them to get hurt a bit. And um, all in all, I, I think this first weekend was way beyond expectations and exceeded expectations um, because it was just a ass whipping of the Oakland Athletics. Yeah, and like I said in the beginning, they picked up the Astros picked up right where they where they left off in the AL. DS and there's nothing better than you know having fans back in the stands is great and obviously we know that the Astros are going to get booed wherever they go you're going to hear the cheating chants you're going to hear people banging on trash cans you're going to see the signs but to come out and to lay the smackdown on Oakland in Oakland with all of those idiots screaming at guys that weren't even on the team in 2017 that they're cheaters and just shove it right up their ass. There is nothing more fulfilling than that. Nothing. And I think being the bad boys of podcasting, it's fun for us because when you have an elite team do elite things day in and day out, it kind of gets boring. (laughs) Right. So when the Astros start having their swagger back, when they start chirping a little bit you got michael brantley who hasn't said more than 25 rewards in the last three years to anyone in houston chirping about hey you can boo all you want the boys were vibing we're winning some games that's a big data point uh when carlos correa decletes matt chapman decletes him looks like sean taylor ed reed flying down from the safety position decleating matt chapman Making the play and not even looking back at the guy on the ground, 
Uh, you got Bregman doing the gritty in the dugout. The first time we've seen that guy smile in over a year. Um, the boys are back. So fucking back. Here, here is what I'll say in regards to all of that. Do not let these Houston Astros get their swagger back. Do not let them get their swagger back. And from what we just saw, just as a standard fan, as without a dog in the fight, just an objective person, you can't sit there and tell me that that wasn't just an absolute ass whooping. You look at what the Houston Astros just did to the Oakland Athletics. The Oakland Athletics that wanted all the smoke with the Astros last, last year. They pretty much returned damn near everybody. They come out and they just get shellacked. Just absolutely dick railed. They get smacked. As just an objective person, you have to sit back and say, man, that was pretty damn impressive. If the Houston Astros, after this past weekend, are not number one in the power rankings, I don't even know when MLB or any of those other sites do their power rankings, whatever they do. I don't know if it comes out on a Monday. I don't know if you have to have five games, six games, whatever. After four games, if they're not number one in the power rankings, something is seriously wrong. Look. 35 runs in four games. I, I, I think, and I'm really, really curious to see if we're a month down the road and say the Astros are 20 and four, 20 and five. They're just, they came out hotter than Hades himself. That. The teams on the road, because they're going to love them or hate them, the stadiums are going to be packed because the Astros are in town. And they're going to be sitting there ready to boo them, ready to get their trash can jokes off. But there's got to be a time, right, where a fan base would be like, shit, these motherfuckers are using our booze against us. They're They're using using them against against, us. They're like superheroes. And so... I, I really hope there's a come to Jesus moment for these fan bases because I would like it as a fan. Like I would if I came up and I'm expecting moves and it was like dead silent, I would that would get in my head. Like they should do like reverse psychology against the Astros. They should like start cheering for them. And the, so like a guy's be like, why are they cheering for us? Now they're not even thinking about it. But that's just free free stuff for the uh, mental warfare for the other teams because the Astros are using your booze against you. So you're gonna have right. to you have to change it up sooner or later because. Um, they're coming for the next. Yeah, you're getting beat 9-2, to and you, if you're an Oakland A's fan, and you're still in the stands running your mouth about cheating, you need to reevaluate yourself. You need to take a step back and say, holy shit, our team is getting our asses kicked. Maybe I should just shut up and, and knock down this tall boy. Yeah. Just at that point, just enjoy being in a stadium watching baseball again, because there's nothing you yeah. can do. Because the Astros just came in, and they burnt your stadium down. And that's what they do. That's, that's what they do. And that's the name of the game. They take it as fuel, power it, move forward. They've got the Angels next. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. We will come back with our next segment, and we will preview the Houston Astros traveling to Anaheim to take on the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Don't go anywhere. We're going to come back with segment two here on Beyond the Diamond podcast. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. 
It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back here on Beyond the Diamond Podcast, Brian Lima here, co-hosting with Apollo Dez. Dez, we've been talking about the Oakland Athletics Series where the Astros swept the A's. Now we look forward to a two-game series against the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. That starts tomorrow, or excuse me, this evening, Monday, 8.38, first pitch. It will be Garcia versus Quintana. Garcia for the Astros, Quintana for the Angels. I'll give you the floor. Uh, should we see a two-game mini-sweep here? Yeah, I think so. Um, just no bias. The Astros are, are rolling right now. Obviously, you want them to see the carry that over, coming to a new city and uh, facing a new squad. But um, Quintana and, and I believe Griffin Canning is the guy going Tuesday afternoon. Uh, our guys, the Astros, can, can rough up. Um, Luis Garcia... Pitching for the Astros, obviously the last time we saw him was in a must-win game against the Rays in the ALCS, which kind of came out of nowhere. Um, we saw him in West Palm. He threw an immaculate inning. Um, yeah, immaculate. Nine, nine pitches, nine strikes, um, three strikeouts. It was the coolest thing I've ever witnessed in my entire life, even though it was spring training. I don't care. Uh, the guy has a devastating changeup. I don't know all of a sudden the philosophy with the Astros, and we can probably ask our boy Ben, uh, this, but the philosophy with these with Javier, Yaquiti, Garcia, the this new changeup that is their wipeout pitch, where it's usually you know the high forcing fastball and that slider the other way that Strom spun up. Um, these guys are are different, and uh, the changeup's going to be a full force to see. Uh, we, we're seeing a lineup with Otani, Rendon, and Trout tomorrow. As a baseball fan, I'm excited to see those guys go to work. Uh, we saw it tonight. Otani throwing 102 and then hitting a baseball 115 miles an hour, hit about 450 feet. Yeah, Babe Ruth's not doing that. Shohei Otani's a better athlete than Babe Ruth. There's a take for you. Um, but excited to see Trout go to work as the greatest player that we may ever see in our entire lives, uh, and as well as our our offense that's just on fire. Yeah, Otani turned around a 97 mile an hour fastball at pretty much almost the letters to. Freak. To serve it out to right field, 450 feet. Obviously, he's on the mound uh, tonight, so he's not going to be facing the Astros. But when you look at Monday's game, Luis Garcia against Quintana, uh, the way the Astros are swinging the bat, good luck. Good luck if you're Quintana. Obviously, it's a different day. Baseball is a weird game where one day you can be playing at the very tip-top Best of the best baseball you've ever played in the next game, you can be at the lowest of low. 100%. But the way that they have swung the bat, uh, and you didn't even have a thing that we didn't even hit on. Alex Bregman had the day off on Sunday for rest. This lineup didn't have Michael Brantley. It didn't have Bregman. They still put up crazy numbers. Uh, Luis Garcia, I'm excited to see what the young man can bring to the table as a starter. Uh, I think it was, was it Garcia and Belak that were, that were uh, going at it for the fifth and stein, final uh, starter? Yeah, that's correct. Starter role? It was, uh, yeah. Garcia and Belak. They gave the nod to Garcia after we saw what Belak did today with four perfect innings. So you get Garcia with an opportunity right here in front of it, right here in front of him. 
Um, again, can you get five out of him? The pitch count stays low. You should be able to get five from him. He's got, like you said, a disgusting changeup. He's got good life on his fastball. I'm excited. I'm excited to see what the young guys can do with the opportunities they are giving. A name that we didn't talk about, Chaz McCormick on the offensive Chaz. side. He's had some op- he's had some opportunities over the last couple couple days and he's made he's made the yes. most of it. He's had good at bats. He's he had a double, he had a home run. So the young guys that get the opportunities is what makes me excited, not just as an Astros fan and a guy that covers them, but as a baseball fan, is watching young players get their opportunity and making the most of it. And that's what Luis Garcia has tomorrow for the Astros. You come out, it's not a high-pressure situation like we saw in the playoffs last year. Get out there, relax, toss the pearl, throw the changeup for a strike, uh, or throw your fastball for strikes, mix in the changeup, the slider. Get through five. If you can get through five innings, I will be happy. I will be fine with it. Let the offense do what they do. Just give your guys an opportunity to win. Keep them in the game. Throw strikes. Get through five. Not too much to ask, I don't think. Yeah, I think how cool of a moment, right, for Luis Garcia. Um, No-name kid out of Fayetteville. uh, The Woodpeckers friend of Apollo, you know, comes up. Is part of the young guns during the 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 sprints that you know we had to throw all these different guys and mix and match just to get to the playoffs uh in a must-win game Luis Garcia steps up and then his next start the following year Mike Trout is coming into the batter's box uh Shohei Otani Anthony Rendon the pride of pride of Houston so Albert Pujols, I mean, even though it's an, that's an old name, he's just always an Astro killer, so you have to put respect there. But his second start um, is against uh, a pretty potent lineup, and I know there's always jabs, and there's on MLB Twitter and Astros Twitter about the Angels. Dude, as a baseball fan, anytime you get to see Trout play a game, it's special. Uh, and then to see Rendon and Otani behind that is going to be really cool. And I want to see Luis um, attack him. I don't want him. To, I don't want any nibbling. I just want him to fill up the zone and, and go after it. Hey, if Trout gets me for one, he gets me for one. He's gotten a lot of guys before me. I won't be the last. But let me just attack this guy. So actually, we're talking about the Angels lineup. Shohei Otani had to come out of the game. Well, he got. He had to come out of the pulled. game. They they lose the DH because he's hitting. He was hitting for himself. So, but they don't have a DH. Yeah, but I'm saying he came out of the game because of a hurt left ankle. Uh, yeah, there's a little play at the plate. Uh, I think he just got he got bruised up. He may not play tomorrow night. Okay. I mean, it did. It was nothing serious. Um, he he walked off, but it was a little play at the plate where the guy kind of undercut him a bit. Okay. Uh, either way, if he's still in the lineup, that just adds another deadly bat for the for the Angels. I mean, you've got Otani, uh, Rendon. Upton's Upton's always Upton's still a pretty pretty good player. Mike Trout, pool holes. How about former Astros great Max Stassi? Stass, little Stass. Yeah, I mean Kurt Kurt Suzuki in that lineup. Oh, don't um, tell me that name. I don't want to hear that. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the the Angels so far this season in three games, uh, not hitting so well. Two twenty four as a team, an OPS of. 680. So not a good start so far for the Angels. Obviously, it's baseball that could change. 
uh, just in a day. But going into Monday's game, yeah. you know, Luis Garcia, look, just throw strikes, kid. Just get out there and throw some yeah, strikes. The one you know? bet that we didn't talk about on the Angel side, and we can wrap up after that, but uh, Fletcher. I mean, that guy's just a, a little David Eckstein pest. He just, for some reason, he just finds barrels against us. Um, and it's, it's, it's a very annoying batter. And props to him because that just means you're you're a damn good hitter. If you annoy me as a fan, um, I just like tip. That's my tip of the cap to you. Without saying it, when I call you an annoying hitter, uh, but Fletcher's one of those guys. Yeah, Fletcher so far this season four of twelve, four for twelve, four runs, four total bases, OPS of seven eighteen. So he's he's swinging it pretty well. Uh, and then obviously Tuesday's game, Tuesday's afternoon game, Zach Greinke back on the mound. I expect him to throw another solid six innings. I expect him to get the win, go to two and zero. I don't know, just just what I saw from him in, in game one. It's it's Granky doing Granky things. Yeah. So I expect him to do it again. Zach, for me, Zach Granky, it doesn't matter if he's on the road or if he's at home. He's going to do what he does. So I expect him to to do some of the same from what we saw on opening night. I agree. And I and I really do expect the Astros to be 6-0 and by Wednesday. They have the off day on Wednesday, and then they come home on Thursday for the home opener, which we will be at against the visiting Oakland A's. So you, you got so, us coming, coming back to Minute Maid Park on Thursday where it's going to be a raucous zoo at 6-0. and I do. Love it. Book love it. it. Absolutely love it. Book it. They'll be 6-0 and coming home to a crowd... That has wanted to see this team for over a year now. Yeah. Because the last time that fans were in the stands at Minute Maid Park. Don't, don't you, don't. I don't (laughs) want that dirty little mouth to say it. Don't you dare. Okay, it was, I I was was there. there. It was brutal. Yeah, we were both there. It was brutal. So we all know know the last time they were there. What a perfect time to end that segment. Because we're not going to go back because we're. We're vibing, we're, vibing we're moving and we're forward. Looking forward. We're not looking back. We're looking forward. We're looking forward. No Green way. lights only. Shout out McConaughey. Green lights only. Only going forward. That's it. So that's good. We're going to cut that all segment. Right, we're going right, to end it right, right there. 6-0. and Astros coming back home to open up the season. Or not open up the season, but have their home opener on Thursday. They will be 6-0. and Book it. Book it. That's going to do it for that segment. Segment three, the final segment of Beyond the Diamond podcast. Apollo Dez tweeted out an hour or two ago for some questions so we will go through those for our Q&A session segment 3 don't go anywhere it's coming up next here on Beyond the Diamond podcast third and final segment here on Beyond the Diamond podcast Brian Lalima Apollo Des here with you covering the Astros sweep of the Oakland Athletics we previewed the Astros taking on the Angels in a two-game series. The Astros will then have the day off on Wednesday. They come back to open to have the home opener on Thursday at Minute Maid Park against the Oakland Athletics. Uh, before we get into our Q&A session, just kind of plug our social media again. Follow us at Apollo HOU on Twitter, at Apollo HOU on YouTube, twitch.tv slash Apollo HOU. Check us out, ApolloHOU.com. My personal Twitter, follow me on Twitter at BLima790. Follow Dez uh, at Apollo Dez1. That's Dez with a Z. Follow, like, subscribe, comment, 
you know, just get on there and shoot the shit with us. I promise we uh, we don't buy it. We've got we yeah, we don't buy it. We got good stuff that we're always talking about. Uh, we may have some asinine and fire takes, but hey, that's why we're here. That's why that's what that's we do. Exactly at Apollo. That's what we, what do. we do at Apollo H O U. I like that. How long so, did you work on that one? Uh, just right off wow. the dome, dude. You either have it or you that's don't. Why, that's, you have it or you don't. You either have it. It's, that's right. You either have it or you don't. There's a reason why we ride big waves around exactly. here. Okay? We're not, we're not little so, wave hunting. We're big wave hunting. We are. If it ain't a big wave, I don't want it. That's what we do. It's what we do at Apollo HOU. I, I like that, that a I lot. Just, I'm, I'm about to put that in my bio. <laughs> Book it! it. So, Apollo Des, you, uh, again, I, like I said before, we took a little break. You tweeted out asking for some questions. Yeah. So, some of the, and another thing that we do at Apollo HOU is it's all about the community. 100%. The way that our watch, our first ever Astros watch party went down on Thursday after the Lalima Lounge was all about the community. Without the community and our followers and our support, we don't have that type of night. You said it earlier. I think we had upwards of almost 90 followers watching yeah. on Twitch at one time. With, it was a steady 60, 65 people. We had the chat rocking. Twitter was going. Uh, Uncle Bobby B, Ribbert Roughneck was firing off. Some of the wildest takes I've ever heard in my life saying that he wouldn't build a team around Mike Trout. But at the end of the day, it's because of the community. So Apollo Dez. Let's hear some of the questions that our followers want to hear answered. Yeah, absolutely. Um, our first one, we'll just go rapid fire. Uh, this is from at Currington Grant. Uh, he has two questions. Uh, how important do you think that having continuity in the batting order is going to be for our rhythm? And then part two, do you think the high volume of bean balls is going to phase the guys at the plate? You want to start it off? Yeah, so the... Obviously, I don't think the I don't think the players getting hit will affect the Astros very much until one of the guys gets hurt. Yeah. Now, you throw behind a guy or you hit somebody in the ribs. If the situation is warranted, I'm okay with it. We're um, we're over a year removed from the Astros cheating scandal, making it public. The players got immunity for talking about it, blah blah blah. Obviously, the shortened season so some some players might might say the Astros still have uh, hit by pitches coming their way. I'm fine with it, dude. If you really want to waste waste a free base on hitting a guy, fine. Don't throw it in anybody's head. You're gonna hit them. At the end of the day, it's just gonna fuel the Astros even more. You're just so fu so fuck it. Do it if you want to hit them. Do it. We'll take free nineties. We love we free nineties here, and and hustle's free, and a lot of guys will stretch that free ninety into a, a second ninety. But you're putting on a guy for him to probably get knocked in by someone else in the lineup. Like, okay, you hit Bregman. Okay, cool. Now you have Tucker, Jordan, Correa. You have to face. Oh, you hit Altuve. You got Brantley, Bregman, Correa, Tucker, Jordan to face. Like it, our lineup's so relentless. So. There's going to be some jackasses and some assholes that um, feel spited or feel pissed off or whatever it is in, in, from 2017, and they're going to they're gonna throw at our guys. Um, so be it. Like you said, we'll take the free 90s. But if you're going headhunting at our guys, that's where I have an issue um, because yep. we'll send one right back. And Dusty said that before in the past. He's going to step up for his guys. He's that old school guy. If you get one of ours, we're going to get one of yours. And if you want to play that game, let's play that game. 
Um, so I, I don't think the, the bean balls, like Grant said, um, is going to face the guys. I think it's just a, it's a byproduct of the game. Um, and then the rhythm of the batting order, I, I think, I think we're seeing, uh, the positivity of it early on. Obviously Brantley had to get replaced. Bregman had a day off in there. Um, but guys just plugging and playing McCormick, stepping up, Diaz stepping up, uh, Castro stepping up. Uh, I, I think that. Yes and no, that rhythm's going to be there. It's baseball. We're going to have up and downs. This is not sustainable. I, I like. I hope you guys realize this listening to this. What we did this weekend is um, elite and not sustainable for a season. We're going to win a shit ton of games, but to do it at this level throughout 162, it'd be the first time in Major League B- Baseball history. So um, there has to be tempered expectations as a fan. Uh, but right now I'm telling you, keep believing because these guys are hot. Yeah. You're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna see what the Astros did as a lineup. You're not going to see that every series. And if you did, like you said, it's going to be one of the most wild things we've ever seen in professional base and, and any, any sport. sport just to have that, just to have that continued success with what we just saw against the Oakland athletics. But as far as the lineup is concerned, I think the Astros and Dusty Baker have so many different weapons that you can implement in any part of the lineup. There are times where we're going to see Kyle Tucker in the two-hole. Yeah. I think, do, do we see it today? I can't remember if we saw it today or not. Um, you will see Kyle Tucker in the two-hole. You may, you could, you could very well see Michael Brantley in the leadoff spot at some point. You could see Jose Altuve hit in the three-hole. You can have Bregman as the cleanup guy. You can have Correa jump up to the two-hole. There are so many different options and so many different players. And a guy that didn't get it, it just brings another point to my mind. Aledmus Diaz, for some reason, for some reason, I, I, I don't understand the slander against Aledmus Diaz. People on Twitter love to slander Aledmus Diaz. And when he came out yesterday and put together a damn good day at the plate, I think it was three for five. There's another guy that you've got coming off of the bench that can step in and play well. So to talk about rhythm and to have a continued lineup and continuality and, and things like that, Dusty Baker's in a good spot. He's got a lot of different guys that can step in in, in any, any part of the lineup, and you're going to have rhythm. Yeah. So it's, it's, a good, it's a good thing to have if you are the Astros and Dusty Baker. But again, one thing to note here, you're not going to have that type of offensive production every single series. It's just, it's just not going to happen. And I think, I think the big thing with Dustin, you touched on it. It was, uh, he knows the guys now, right? Last year he got that job kind of really late. Um, had a rush off to spring training. He said he, you know, just packed and was ready to go the next day. And uh, then COVID shuts everything down, so that everyone has to go back to their, you know, their own spots. And then there's summer camp, and then there's the sprint, and then there's the playoffs, and. So Dusty really hasn't didn't have time to build those relationships. Obviously, they knew who he was, the Hall of Fame career, um, all all the accolades and all that. But when when you have a skipper um, player relationship, you have to that has to that doesn't grow overnight. Like that has to mold, and we're seeing it. Like um, today, uh, Dusty Baker went out and got uh, one of Jose Ucrity's favorite Mexican dishes. And he found a restaurant in Oakland that made it very well and gave it to him. Like, that's rare. That's really, really rare. Right. That's stand up. That just speaks volumes of Dusty Baker. And I've 
I have been the first one to um, criticize Dusty and, and some of his manager decisions, but him as a human being is one of the purest spirits uh, we've ever had. So um, I think we're going to see those relationships grow as well. Yeah, and that, that makes it that much more exciting to see Dusty Baker with a full season and a season that was shortened by COVID. Like you, you named everything that he had to go through, really not knowing the guys, but now you, you have a feel that he knows his lineup, he knows his players, he's doing special things for his guys. Makes it even more exciting to see what Dusty can do in a full season. 100%. So, uh, our next question, what else our we next got? question comes from Wes. He goes, where was Chas McCormick in the minor league rankings? Uh, I know he's in the opening day roster and had his first home run today, but I didn't hear much about him prior to this season. Um, our guy, Astros Future, if you haven't followed him, he's at Astros Future, Mr. Jimmy Price. Uh, is on top of all the prospects. His podcast is in our Apollo podcast network, so give him a follow and five-star review as well. Uh, he had him at number 20 in this year's rankings. Um, his write-up on Chaz uh, was, McCormick's been very pleasant surprise since being selected with a day three draft pick, and now has developed into a polished, versatile outfielder who projects to help out a major league bench. While not a blazing fast runner, McCormick is an instinctive defender who nonetheless covers a lot of ground. So, baseball terms, he gets really good jumps. Uh, at the plate, he controls the strike zone exceptionally well and has developed very strong on-base skills. Doesn't project for much over-the-fence power, but he plays heady, well-rounded baseball and can deploy it anywhere in the outfield, making him an ideal fourth outfielder. Brian, who does that sound like? Who does that sound like? I don't know who. It you tell me. It sounds a lot like a more disciplined Jake Marisnik. Just, just you know, a guy that when, can, will do it all. I mean, Jake was, Jake's speed was obviously better, but the, right. the, the jumps in the outfield, just the baseball IQ, kind of heady, heads up. Um, I just think maybe Chaz could be a more polished Marisnik. So the thing, the thing that Marisnik lacked was at Correct. the plate. He was very inconsistent, very. but the the defensive side for for Jake Marisnik was pretty damn good. You had all the confidence in the world in Jake Marisnik when you were in a high pressure situation and you put him in in the eighth inning for a defensive replacement. If Chaz McCormick can swing it, hit I don't know two fifty, two sixty, two seventy. Man, that's a damn good guy to come off your bench. Or start. He'll make start. You can even have or him as start. a starter. Yeah, exactly. So when you were when you were reading that, I'm I was you caught me off guard. I'm not even gonna lie to you, you caught me off guard. I was trying to find Chaz McCormick's McCormick's college stats because they are unreal. Right. He went to Millersville, okay. and I heard it on the radio broadcast today. And what he did in college, so they were the Millersville. Uh, let's see. In Pennsylvania, he holds. Ah, God, I, I knew I should have wrote these down. I mean, he broke. Pre, he holds like every record at Millersville. Every record you can think of, Chaz McCormick holds. And if That's I strong. could just find these damn things, That's strong. I think with with Chaz, and we saw it. We saw it today. I mean, he had the double yesterday, and the boys and Correa were giving him giving him a little shit for hitting the weight room and doing the weights and. Uh, I mean, if you've ever played at any level of ball, you, you rag on your boys who, who they hit a double off the wall, you know, 
you tell them to go do some push-ups or you know hit the bench press a little little bit in the after the game and then today uh taking a fastball um on the outside corner taking it pull side in the left the left center get filled gap and taking it deep for his first career home run um real compact swing i liked it a lot uh, i think uh if Chaz comes about, obviously small, 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 small sample size, um, could be found money, you know? Yeah, so here we go. So Millersville, Division Two, as a freshman, he hit 335. Sophomore, he hit 357. Junior year, 412. Senior year, 384. 55 games his freshman year, 55 games his sophomore year, 60 games junior year, 53 senior Stop. year. He had 60, oh my goodness, 260, is that right? 267 hits in his college career. <laughs> 38 doubles, 11 triples, 20 bombs. In the dead bat era. Yeah. Wow. Yes, with the BB core. Wow. That's strong. I like this kid. I like him a lot. Uh, no, I'm sorry. I read that wrong. Hang on. No, I read that completely wrong. So this is those were his minor league stats oh, in wow. college. Okay, his minor league yeah, stats. In college, do. those were his minor league stats. In college, three hundred and six hits, fifty-one doubles, eleven triples, seventeen bombs, one hundred and eighty-six arms. So just everywhere almost identical goes, to he, what he did in the minors. Everywhere he goes, just he hits. hits. The kid hits. The kid hits. I mean, this may be our guy. So you could some fool's gold might be found. This, with Chaz this McCormick. This may be a, a Uncle Jeff uh, leave behind special. Wow. My God, the kid just hits. So I look for big things from him. I would love to see him as a starting center fielder later on in, this, in the season. Um, let's just rapid fire these next few ones. Uh, who would win in a fight, Captain America or Great White Shark? That's the yes, question? From, from, <laughs> who asked, from who Stadium asked that? Steffi. Our, our, oh, Steffi. Our favorite. <laughs> Steffi's Steffi's one of the coolest chicks out there. We got to share a couple beers with her in West Palm Beach. Who would want to fight Captain America or a great great? great <laughs> oh my, you're flustered. Look at that. A, you can't even figure out the great, question. A great white shark. Um, I'm going great yeah, white shark. Hundred percent. Could you imagine Captain died. America in the ocean? Died because of a shark attack. He's done. This, this is the scene mean, from uh, the other guys where it's the lion yes, and the, the tuna. A lion. <laughs> A lion in, in the, the ocean? ocean? Lions hate you water. I expect that to happen. Yeah. Definitely. I'm taking a great, great white shark. shark winning that one. Um, this is from our buddy James at Oz14. Um, are the hoes in fact mad? Yeah, hoes are big mad. A hundred percent big mad. Not just mad, they're big mad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh from Gravy Pants 13. Chaz greater than Miles question mark? I'm Ron Burgundy. You already know my answer. Uh, not, a, not a fan of that movie, so you can take that wow. one. You don't like Anchorman? Anchorman? Dude, no, get not out. good. All right. Uh, everyone listening, I need a new co-host, so we'll do have tryouts next week. <laughs> <laughs> just, just come to the tree out, you big dumb Unbelievable. idiot. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, Chaz, we just talked about Chaz, so yeah, that, that could, uh, he could usurp Miles Straw. If Miles Straw doesn't start finding uh, some knocks, he will. Chaz McCormick will outseat Miles Straw for that starting position in the center. Is this what's happening right here? 
It okay. is. That is. All That's right. it. I'm not a fan of Miles Straw. I'm sorry. Um, the next question uh, from James again. If the teams keep if the team keeps hitting this well, how long will it take before fans start throwing out some elaborate scheme that they must be doing? I'm sure they're going to hear it regardless. Yeah. They're probably already talking about it. They're pro- definitely after what they just did to Oakland. Look, MLB Twitter is not rational at all. Um, it's a cesspool at times. I mean, don't get me wrong. We met some great people across all fan bases. And uh, the cesspool behind it is nauseating and it's tiresome and overplayed. So, yeah, it won't take long before some scheme bullshit is made up. I I guess the way that the silver lining in that is if there's more cheating out or more cheating and more schemes being talked about, that means that the Astros are doing that well. So I guess you could look at it that way. This is from uh, Great Scott, Texas. What song should the Astros play for Oakland where they're introduced next week? Extremely petty answers only. His choice is You're No Good um, by Linda Ronstant. The best of Linda Ronstant. Hmm. Uh, I have mine while you think about it. I think the Astros should play Cry Me a River. Ooh, that's a good one. Or We're the Champions by Queen, just to rub it in a little bit more. Um, so I, if I'm thinking petty... Man, cry me a river. I yeah, mean, come a on, little one. JT. That's a that's a banger of a song for for Justin Justin Timberlake. You don't miss. Um, my man, don't miss. Don't he don't miss. miss. Uh, man, I don't know. I'm kind of stumped on that one. Okay, cry me a river is just a I damn good right. one. I mean, you can't really. That just kind of came to me on top of my head. So yeah, you can't you can't really go right. Let me think. Do we have any more questions more question we have? Left. Okay, I'll think about it. See if I can find something. Um, This is from the last one at Frankie's Too Loud over repping the New York Yankees side. He goes, does Bregs move to shortstop if Correa leaves? I say no. I say yes. Okay, go ahead. Take the floor. No, I was... So, if Correa leaves, there's a couple of things that will need to happen. Obviously, the the name that's going to come to mind is is Jeremy Pena. Correct. And we saw Jeremy Pena down in West Palm. He's a specimen. He's a specimen. You're going to have to, obviously, small sample size. So what he does in the minors this year is going to be a huge indicator if he can come up to the big league level. I can see Breggs going back over to shortstop. That's his natural position. Um, Altuve, obviously, will still be at second base. You've got some guys in the minors that could come up and play third base. But if you're all in on Jeremy Pena, okay, uh, I guess maybe... I'll hinder my answer a little bit. If Jeremy Pena hits well in the minors this year, and then he comes into spring, into the spring, into training camp, uh, spring training next year, and does well, and Carlos Correa is not with the Astros, which he probably won't be with the Astros, then I then I'd be fine with Jeremy playing Jeremy Pena playing shortstop and Bregman staying at third. But if you're not ready for Jeremy Pena, then yes, I can see Alex Bregman sliding over to play short. I. I don't get it. Look, I know, I know Breggs is our guy, and I know what he can and can't do. Can he play shortstop? Yes, we've seen him play shortstop. Um, he's almost seen him play as many games as short as Correa because he fills in for him over there when he's injured. But the arm, the difference of arm between Correa and Breggs is night and day. And that's no disrespect to Alex Bregman because Alex Bregman has a, has a rocket for arm at third base as well. But there's plays that Correa makes 
uh, deep in the hole, spinning up the middle. The double play we saw when we depleted Chapman, him to spin around and make a throw right on the money at 92 miles an hour uh, with no hesitation, no one else does that. And so I would like Bregs to just anchor third, not moving to short and spinning. We're spinning a whole um, spring training, getting him reps there, getting essentially then moving Pena from short to third because that's what he's been playing. Um, or going out and, you know, getting Javi Baez or Seager or Story, whoever wants to play for, you know, $180 million or whatever. Um, so I think staying at third base is the move for Briggs. I mean, I, I, I could see him playing shortstop. He's played it before, but I just would prefer him to anchor third more. Yeah, I, I see. I see the arm comparison and i i get that but the one the one comment i will have on that is the comparison between carlos correa and any other shortstop i mean dude his arm is arguably the strongest and the best in the bigs at shortstop so you don't you're not going to see that on every mlb squad so that's just the one thing that comes to mind um i will say that Bregman moving over to short. I don't think he would make the plays that Correa makes because of Correa's arm. Uh, but I would, me personally, like I said, I wouldn't mind it. I mean, that's his natural position. You can always, you know, work out specifically to play shortstop and to try to get your arm strength up there. But no one's going to be able to replace Carlos Correa's yeah. arm. I mean, that dude has a cannon and he knows it. Um, it's just, it's an elite arm that you just don't see throughout the MLB. So. It will be very interesting to see what the Astros do when they lose Carlos Correa. Yeah. So, um, I'm not saying if, I'm saying when. Agreed. 100% agree. So, uh, and I came across my song here, Why You Always Hatin' by YG and Drake. Ooh. That's my wow, petty song. Wow, Brian. I did not know you had that in your arsenal. Look at that. Look, man. Look, man. I got a little culture in me. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I try to do what I can. Well, sprang, sprang. I see it. That's Sprang Sprang, baby. That's how we I do it. I see that. Wow, that's a good one. That was, uh, talk about getting caught off guard. My uh, hand down, man down right there situation for me. Is that, was that the last question? question? That was the last question of our that hashtag was it. Ask Apollo segment. Yeah, thanks to, uh, thanks to all the followers that uh, sent, out, sent out some questions for myself and Apollo Dez to talk about and, and answer. Uh, that's going to yeah. do it. That's going to end the final segment of Beyond the Diamond podcast. Uh, before I wrap up, Dez, you got anything? Uh, no, just a hell of a weekend. Hell of a first four games. Obviously, Apollo is the place where you have to be for all your content. We're first to market, tweeting about videos. Uh, we're the first person blogs going out. We're the first with recap videos and highlights. And it's a testament to our people, testament to the work ethic, testament to you guys, the community, believing in us. It drives us every single day. And I uh, just want to say thank you for that. We had over 20 five-star reviews on our podcast i think we're already at 100 downloads uh the quickest in uh apollo history and uh just remember please guys like subscribe unsubscribe resubscribe and give us a five-star review if you haven't um that's really all i got yeah and, and just to, to hit on what des says we've got a full lineup of different blogs different live twitch streams different podcasts i mean anything from pod slam a jamma uh to our rockets blogs to our rockets podcasts uh we've got astros future uh we've got obviously beyond the diamond i mean just a 
full lineup of any kind of content you can think of, Apollo is, is putting out. So follow us on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch, all at Apollo H-O-U. Apollo Dez is at Apollo Dez 1. That's Dez with a Z. And myself, Brian Lima, I am on Twitter at BLima790. That's going to wrap up this edition of Beyond the Diamond podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. The Astros taking on the Angels in a mini two-game set. Then they have the day off on Wednesday. We will record another one to preview the home opener, which is Thursday. They take on the A's into a weekend series. So I look forward to that. The Astros come out. They sweep the A's. They took care of business. They dominated. That's going to do it for another edition of Beyond the Podcast here on the Apollo Podcast Network. Tune in, download, like, subscribe, do it all. Let's go. We'll be back for another edition. And now I'm just rambling on, so I'm just going to get the fuck off this. See y'all later. Later, guys. (laughs) Beyond the podcast. (laughs) Uh, I love it. I love it.